Hey everyone, welcome to the Content Rocks podcast. This is episode number five of the podcast, and Content Rocks is all about all things content by Kentico, .NET, and Azure. My name is Brian McKeever. As always, I'm your host for the podcast, and today I'm really happy to be joined by my good friend, Andrew Thompson from Luminary. Andy, how's it going? Good, thanks, Brian. Uh, nice to be here again. Always a pleasure to join you. Well, you're right. I definitely love having the CTO of a fantastic agency uh, as a good partner um, of mine and BizStreams. And having you on the show is something I always get excited about. I literally think we tried to plan this for at least three months during the holidays. And I'm very excited that we're able to actually make it happen. Yeah, sorry about that. Australia kind of just goes to sleep for a little while over Christmas. Oh, uh, we no eat too problem. much and in the heat we fall asleep. Yeah. Well, very jealous of that because it's currently snowing outside here in, in uh, Michigan. But uh, I forgot to mention, you know, our topic today, the reason I'm very excited to have Andy on the show is we're going to try to answer this, this question of this term that I've been seeing more and more. And actually you might have heard on the podcast previously about what is a composable DXP? Is it a buzzword? Is it a trending topic? What kind of thing is it? Is it an actual solution that we were going to use with our customers? You know, it's something that's new. It's it's becoming more popular, and, and I couldn't imagine a better guest to have talk about it on the show with me. So we're going to basically dive right in, and I'm going to toss the question right to you, Andy. Like, when you hear that, like, composable DXP as a phrase, what does that, what does that mean to you? Uh, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because especially now that confusingly we've heard a, a few DXP vendors describe themselves as a composable DXP. But what, what I think of that is that uh, if you're going with a composable DXP, that means you're not really selecting a DXP. You're going to build your own DXP. That's that's what it says to me. You or an agency partner or some someone is going to help you piece together the equivalent of a traditional DXP out of... Um, all the many sort of focused services out there that are out there that could be integrated together. That's think of a jigsaw puzzle rather than a picture hanging on the wall. That's sort of the way I think of it. Yeah, I would I would add like the pieces of the puzzle are really like major other systems that are productized, mm -hmm. that are fully yep. out there, best of breed tools that do the yep. the marketing automation or the CRM yep. or commerce or CMS. And the idea of composability means we can put them together very easily and actually yeah. have the freedom to choose different ones, right? It's not, it's Absolutely. not chosen for us. I think that's a big part of the idea of composability. Absolutely. I mean, and it might sound familiar that anyone who's implemented a DXP before has, has probably integrated with, with other platforms before, but this is, I guess, taking it that, that next level and embracing that idea that you're actually, you're sort of almost going integration first. You're you're not starting with a platform that ticks most of the boxes and then replacing one part with an email marketing system, for example. You're going out there and you're saying, right, I have a requirement for content management, email marketing, personalization, and commerce. Pick the four best vendors that do that and bring them together into some, some sort of kind of Voltron CMS that, or DXP that does everything you need exactly how you need it the best way possible. Um, and gives you the freedom to to choose that and not have to compromise. Really, that's 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 the dream scenario, anyway. Well, plus five points for bringing Voltron into it. I really <laughs> love the reference. Any opportunity. Yes. Uh, have I mentioned our our newest conference room here at the at BizStream is the the Castle of Lions, which is again related to Voltron Fantastic. as well. They're they're headquarters. So, I just had to get that tangent in there because it, it made me smile. 
Um, but I think I actually want to pick up on what you were last speaking of is maybe you find the four or five vendors or platforms or tools that you like and put them together in this scenario. There's another very real scenario where maybe you are a large enterprise organization and you already have maybe three or two of those pieces in play and you don't want to switch them out, but you need to fill a gap and bring other tools together without having to like reinvent the whole world in your solution, I think. Yeah, exactly. And we're not talking about, with a composable DXP, you're not really talking about small websites. You're talking about big organizations who have significant requirements. They probably have a, a CIO or a CTO or a whole marketing and IT departments driving this. You're probably looking at a large organization. So yeah, they're not starting from scratch, typically. They've probably already got something significant in place. They might already be using Salesforce for a whole bunch of what they're doing, or they might already be using some 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 data platform or some really advanced um, you know marketing automation platform. Um, so absolutely, it's not necessarily going out just going shopping for every requirement. Often, a couple of requirements are really really well defined already, and that's where a traditional DXP might come in and there might be a clash with some of the requirements. Like, oh, do we use the email marketing out of here, or do we use the one we've already got? Do we use the commerce out of what we're buying, or do we use what's already working? And a composable DXP allows you more flexibility there. I think. Well, I think it's also time to bring to this conversation, you know, since the fact that the show is called Content Rocks and mm -hmm. you happen to be a content MVP. Congratulations once again on, on achieving that. And, and to you. so do I. Let's answer a little bit about, you know, content's answer to this question as well, because they're they're one of the components that you could consider easily added or integrated into a composable DXP. So actually content has a has a, some description of this on their site as well. I think it does a decent job, um, but what we aren't really trying to do today is to just talk about the, the exact marketing that content has around the term composable DXP, because you know what? Many DXP platforms out there are actually all sort of referencing pretty much what, what Gartner has said about this yeah. and about how it's future-proofing your organization's choices in technologies. And really this page kind of brings that, that graphic or that vision to light. And I think it's worth probably talking about. And if you're just listening, I'm scrolling down the page at, at, at contents, what is a composable DXP site? And I'm going to actually open up the, the, the Gartner uh, diagram that I think kind of makes it concretely explained when we talk about how is composable DXP different than maybe just a, a DXP by itself as we've come to, to know before? So I'm going to ask Andy to kind of visualize this for our listeners. Andy, when you see this graphic from Gartner and their definition, do you agree with it? Do you not agree with it in your experience? I, I absolutely, absolutely do. Um, it's it's very, it shows very quickly that, you know, they're comparing composable to monolithic DXP. So we're, we're still within the realm of digital experience platforms. But the big difference here is a monolithic DXP tries to give you everything you would need from one vendor. And there are plenty of, we'll, we'll talk about this later, I'm sure, but there are plenty of vendors who are doing this very successfully, by the way. So I'm not saying this one is bad, one is good, but it's just mm -hmm. a very different approach. So monolithic DXP is trying to give you everything that you could need um, in a digital experience platform. Whereas a composable DXP um, is by definition, it is not one 
platform. It's an approach. And you can see there they've, they've got things like presentation and content, search, analytics, personalization, integrations, um, all different pieces um, that, that fit together um, and the composable DXP side. I think it speaks to it really well. Whereas on the monolithic side, they're providing all that sort of stuff, CMS, search, commerce, personalization, the presentation, everything all in one. Um, which is also also a valid approach. Yeah, I think I think this this diagram sums it up pretty 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 well for me. I think what's possibly missing for a lot of people is examples, but we can talk about that sure. soon as well. Um, you know, a lot of people don't see words like orchestration and multi-experience, and it doesn't really click for them straight away. But if you're a if you're a, a, a CMO looking at this, you probably do. You probably right. understand it. And I think you know, in case you're you're not actually looking at the screen, we have monolithic on the left hand, and it is a very um, blue graphic and it's got the boxes in one big box that bring together all the pieces that, that Andy had just talked through, right? It's all one color. It's all almost one size. Whereas on the other side of the screen, the other part of the diagram, we actually have the different components represented with different colors as opposed to all one color. And I think that's a subtle nuance that, that matters here because what they're trying to say with the different colors is, Hey, that could be a whole different system. That could be a different tool altogether, but they're still connected and cohesive as a full solution. And that's the the clarity that I see when I look at this diagram. I think it's I I agree with you. I basically think Gartner they did a great job of explaining the two sides of the coin that we have here. I think it's good to point to something like Gartner. I mean, I I also like contents explanation, but um, if you're going looking for information on composable DXP. I would be careful looking at vendor explanations because everyone wants to uh, be considered the best in every scenario. However, um, Gartner are really well trusted by a lot of our customers. Um, they're an, an independent research organisation, you know, that that um, people really look to. So yep. um, I'd, I'd back that that definition as well. Yep. I think a lot of other platforms and vendors are, are building the same example from Gartner. So I, so I agree. So. I want to shift gears a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna move away from that diagram, and talk about kind of our inspiration for this podcast episode is is really I'm I'm going through a current project right now, where I have content as my headless CMS, and it doesn't matter which headless CMS you could be using anything, but I also uh, for this client I'm putting together a commerce solution for them, and we're gonna use a headless commerce offering and bring the, those two worlds together. It's kind of like, in my mind, the first start of composability. We have our two main systems identified and now we're actually running into, well, wait a minute, we've got products that make up product detail pages and SKUs and we want to buy these products and sell them to certain segments. Should everything live in the commerce solution? Because it could do that on its own or should things live more in the headless CMS content solution because it's more content that needs to be augmented based off what we're going to integrate the headless commerce platform with. So it's, this is becoming a very real challenge for our architecture team here at BizStream and, and providing like the best recommendations. Cause there are mm. literally so many options at this point of we could do it in yeah. 10 different ways. And, and not to mention this customer has their own internal API that has a lot of middleware configuration yeah. pricing. So we're actually bringing together multiple APIs to really kind of create their next generation of their site. And it's very exciting. I'm, I'm actually loving this project because of the, the different tools that we're going to be able to use to pull off. I think what's going to be a, an amazing website. Um, 
but Andy, have you are, are you running into projects like that that you have to do now with your customers? Yeah, absolutely, and the same the same experience. I think, um, I think you need to understand what you what you're getting into. Similar to just any headless project, really, you know, there's going to be some some integrations or some glue that you're going to need to do. But composable DXP is taking that another step further. You know, you mentioned your architecture team. I think if you don't have an architecture team, if you don't have some pretty switched on people in your organization, or if you're not working with an agency who can provide that expertise, solution architecture is, is really where it's at because there is the definition of a composable DXP is that it's not a standard set um, that works together the same way every time. So every time you compose a new DXP, you're going to have to do that that architecture. You're going to have to understand the way things get together. Now, that's not always a bad thing. Um, as you just said, it's going to be a really fun project. This is the kind of stuff that developers, you know, start drooling about um, the wanting to do this sort of thing. But yeah, we've, we've come across a couple of examples and specifically the ones um, you're talking about. It's a, a really common one is where you want to have commerce, but also a really strong uh, content and experience um, driven sort of site. So website or app. Um, so a, an example of what you were talking about earlier, where they've, they've come to the table um, with a couple of pieces pre-selected and um, they don't want to go to an all-in-one. Um, so we had two projects actually recently who both wanted commerce, but they also wanted um, a, a nice headless um, content experience and they had plans to add an app on later. So a, a headless CMS made a huge amount of sense, but um also they wanted they wanted commerce so they went with shopify plus which is quite a common headless platform and actually has some really good apis um uh, it's got a graphql storefront api which is really nice um, integration options are really good and they chose that because um it was really good at what it did um, managing the managing the products the discounts the customers all that sort of stuff its integration is really good um and also the checkout experience. And you see that a lot, actually, people doing a um, uh, coupling Shopify and doing their own custom shop experience and just using the checkout experience from Shopify. So that's a good example of where they've gone, Shopify does an amazing checkout and does product management, so let's use that. And then they used content by Kentico for the content, and that gave them complete flexibility with the, with the front end as well. So they could, they could use their GraphQL and they could, they could do a static site. They, they rendered it out statically. They actually did an MVP on one presentation layer uh, to get live really quickly and then rebuilt a combined experience with Shopify and web content all in one using Next.js, which was really cool. And they're currently building the app um, version uh, of their online store without having to change any of those other systems um, using the same CMS, same commerce provider, just building an app. Um, so that's a that's a real success story. We've got another one coming up for a, a large charity that are looking at again their their commerce requirements are really specialised. All they really need is um, donations and the ability to purchase a gift on behalf of someone else um, in you know a sponsorship thing on behalf of someone else. And the rest of it, they have completely different requirements. So they're looking at a personalization tool and um, headless CMS and. A whole bunch of other things as well um so they can just they can sort of say yep the commerce piece is done the um, marketing automation optimization is done the headless uh, cms is done now let's build the the best experience we can um so yeah we're seeing we're seeing those examples and commerce is often often a driver yep. absolutely yep. 
Well, I think we've talked, you know, enough about the benefits of, of composable DXP, the, the flexibility that it gives you to bring in new tools, reuse ones you already have, use best of breed specific task type of systems and maybe components. There's other words for it too, but I actually want to kind of close a little bit with, you know, there's no such thing as one solution fits all in my mind. So there are times when composable DXP may not be like, the right fit for your organization. So don't get us wrong. While we're big fans of this approach, as I think you can all tell if you're listening, and it's new and it's modern and it has some great flexibility, there, I'm not saying it's the right choice for everyone all the time. And you can call me crazy if you want to, Andy, but uh, you know, there, there are, I think, some definitely cases where it's not the right fit, actually. Oh, 100%. 100%. There's a good reason these the monolithic traditional DXP platforms are still... Um, are still really popular and will be uh, for a long time to come. I think, you know, the with great power comes great responsibility. I know it was that was off Spider Man, I think, but it's <laughs> true. Um, you have to know what you're getting into, and I would only do it if I actually really did want to use one of these platforms, um, or I had some really specific requirements. Um, these traditional DXPs have been out there for decades now. And they know the market quite well. And the thing is for a lot of fairly normal projects, so if you just want to do web publishing um, and you just have fairly fairly run-of-the-mill sort of um, requirements around um, analytics and basic personalization and you might want very basic commerce or all that, you might, there's a lot of platforms that might suit your needs. If Also, if you, if you don't have an architecture team or you're not partnering with an agency that can provide that expertise, or you have a small marketing team, um, maybe what you want is to um, pay a vendor to give you all everything um, ready to go. Um, so sure, you'll do your custom design and you'll implement it, but essentially you want everything in, in, in the one spot. You want people to log into one system and have one interface and have everything there. That's absolutely valid. Um, and we we often talk people through, do you, do you understand what you're getting yourself into like yeah this is a really cool exciting approach that will give you access to the best tools but um do you understand uh what you're biting off here right um, right yeah and actually i, I want to give you uh you know some kudos here uh at, at your blog at luminaire.com there's some great pieces of content about that process right of of mm -hmm. helping people decide so i encourage everyone who's listening to go check out luminaire.com blog and he's got some posts on there. The rest of the, the company's got some nice posts as well. So, Well, it's um, a huge part of, of what we do. We don't want to recommend the wrong approach to someone. Or we're, you know, they're not going to have a good project, not going to have a good experience, and that's, that's, that's right. what it's about. However, at the same time, if they're, if they're ready for this approach, I'm guns blazing. Yep. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't necessarily talk about, like, the other additional challenges that Composable DXP mm -hmm. brings in this episode, and maybe that's a great future episode idea because – you know, when you bring a lot of these places together, how do you handle things like logging across all the systems, yeah. admin credentials into the many different platforms you may need admin tools of there? There's some other angles of 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 where monolithic or, or all in ones, they just mm -hmm. have all that ready for you. And it's already yeah. part of the solution. And you don't have to worry about the extra layers of what about this, this and this. And maybe that is something that we can talk about in the future, because I would love to have you back on the show again, because yeah. um, believe it or not, we're actually out of time for today. And um, I got to get home to shovel the driveway because it's been snowing all day here in Michigan. Yeah, it is not snowing here. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm very jealous, very jealous of that. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me today, Andy. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to find out more from, from you, is, is the best place to reach out to Twitter or any other channels you want them to reach out to you? About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find me on find me on Twitter or, or, or LinkedIn or, or it's pretty easy to guess my email. It's just andy at luminary.com. Send me an email. Um, uh, yeah, or nice. catch me at uh, a bunch of... Uh, content user groups or conferences, things like that. You'll find me. Yep. See, another thing we have in common, Brian at Bistream.com is just as easy. I, it's like <laughs> we're parallels of each other just living in different parts of the world. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks, Andy. And thanks, everyone, for listening. This is, again, the Content Rocks podcast. This is the episode about what is a composable DXP. I hope we answered it for you today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.